0: Hello, everyone. There is an aspect of the porn industry that needs to be spoken about. Now, it's so easy to overly focus on the camera sexual intercourse but there's not enough focus on the workers who are on set but they're not having the camera sexual intercourse so in other words when it comes to Porn Directors, Porn Writers, Porn Camera Persons, Porn Sound Technicians, Porn Production Assistants, Porn Still Photographers, Porn Fluffers, Porn um, Makeup Artists, um, Porn Managers, Porn Film Crews, Porn Photographers, Porn Website Developers, Porn Webmasters, Porn Sales Personnel, porn book and magazine writers porn mag porn book and magazine editors uh porn business model creators porn trade negotiators uh make porn press releases um porn drawing up contracts with other porn studio leadership and the buying and selling pornographic content, offering porn technical support, running porn servers, porn billing services, porn payroll, um, organizing like porn trade shows and various porn events, doing porn marketing and sales forecasting, providing porn human resources and uh, providing porn tax service and porn legal support. And... and those in porn management porn staff that don't always have direct dealings with uh, other porn performers and even the porn photographers who may have who have direct contact with uh, porn performers at times, they all have to be interviewed. Um, with these sound-minded questions that are appropriate, legal, and respectful. And those questions are, are you sex positive? Are you sex work positive? Are you kink positive? Are you prude positive? Are you body positive? Are you neurodiversity positive? Are you neurodivergence positive? Are you autism positive? Are you disability positive? Do you have any stigmas or prejudice against sex workers? And do you have any stigmas and prejudice against People with sexually transmitted infections and sexually transmitted diseases. Um, Are you LGBTQI positive? Are you black, indigenous people of color positive? And are you women positive? Are you immigrant and refugee positive? Are you asylum seeker positive? Do you discriminate against height, weight, and physical appearance? Do you discriminate against hair and hair colors and hair textures? Are you introversion positive? Are you extroversion positive? Are you ambiversion positive? Are you omniversion positive? Are you okay with people being shy and quiet? Um... Are you consent positive? Are you slut positive? Are you human rights positive? Are you equal rights positive? Are you civil rights positive? Are you political rights positive? Are you economic, social, and cultural rights positive? Are you a person that is comfortable with the secular movement? Are you secular positive? Are you sensitive to how porn genres are named and Titled. Are you sensitive to how certain porn genres can cause people to feel as if the law and um, humanity could be under the impression that? that lives are being badly compromised. Are you sensitive to the, you know, on websites, are you sensitive to porn tags and porn categories and how porn is produced? And, um, porn video titles, and porn CD titles, and how sex tapes are marketed, distributed, you know, including porn tapes, how porn is written, um, how porn is screen, you know, screenwriting porn, how people are featured, um. Are you abuse survivor positive? And how does rape culture make you feel? Um, Is there a history of people being assaulted and harassed when it comes to this porn company and porn sets and porn studios and porn productions? And is there any pay disparities? If so, why can't do... Can you easily make logical sensefulness out of all of this? Um, I would ask... um, When it comes to... The diverse body types of human beings... Humans who are skinnier or smaller, is there any discrimination between them and those who are bigger in height and bigger in weight? Um I would also ask Is there any sex shaming going on between any of the people within this porn business world in particular that you're a part of i also ask um what is your reputation among lawyers and legal teams what are the terms and conditions and obligations all about and why? Um, has anyone ever signed a bad contract? And how come there's one-time payments but not royalties? And how can we get royalties to be a part of this entity? And I will also ask... Um, Do you have any intimacy coordinators, intimacy choreographers? Do you have any sex trauma therapists? Do you have any sex therapists, sexologists, sex coaches, uh, sexual surrogates? Um, Any sex experts, any sex work therapists? Um, To... I will ask all these questions so people can understand that um, that before you get into any business you have to make sure that you're not being a part of anything that can be wrong like I would ask th- these questions um, is there any discrimination based on age caste disability language um, name nationality race or ethnicity, region, um, religious beliefs, um, secular convictions, sex, sex characteristics, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, um, And even genderlessness or just being non-binary. Those are the questions I would ask. Because whatever porn company you work for, just like any other company that is outside the sex industry. Those are are sensible questions. I know not all the questions I would ask. It depends on the certain companies, of course. But when it comes to sex working type companies, these questions are appropriate. Um... You can ask this general discrimination questions when it comes to all companies, of course. But since but since porn features sex, it's like, well, those questions would be appropriate. And the reason I wanted to talk a, about that is because um, people often don't think about the honoring of others sexually via filmography and cinematography. I thought about how to even ask this question about is there any safe sex or safer sex um, built-in mechanisms how 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 well are all the forms of birth control how well are the forms of protection from infections and diseases and outbreaks of infections and diseases? I would say what is the vetting process about and how are people screened if so how are they screened and are they screened properly and how and, and is the vetting process um congruent with rationality and then I would think about um, how to make sure that if there's a predominantly one group of people I'll ask why And I would ask, is there any way to let the viewers and consumers and buyers and renters and sellers know that everything that is said, done, thought, and felt in the porn movie is properly communicated? Like, is there any way to let them know, okay, this was agreed on, this was not agreed on, and how to do that without violating sexual privacy and sexual confidentiality. Because even in porn, even a lot of people go, wow, they really, really share. Um, Not everything about the porn film is publicly communicated. For example, um, I would ask about how do you safeguard the confidentiality and privacy of medical information and medical conditions see some porn stars have them they just never tell you about them because in the movie you're not thinking about it but certain sex acts and sex positions and sexual behaviors some are done and some are not done because of a person's medical conditions and Um, medical information. So some sex acts and positions and behaviors are done more than others. Some aren't done at all. And there's always the duration of time when it comes to acts, positions, and behaviors sexually because everyone's sexual personality is different. And I would ask these companies... How do you honor each and every kind of sexual personality, each and every kind of erotic blueprint type and everyone's sexual temperament? Because those are things about porn people don't think about. Why does this person? How come this these porn stars will do this, but these porn stars won't do that? How come they'll say this, but the other porn stars won't say that? How come they think this, but they they don't think that? How come, th- you know, this one, you know, these feel this, but others don't feel that? And every porn star is different. That's why every porn star's sexual orientation, gender identity, sex characteristics, even their generalist to be non-binary, they're all different. All different. And it's hard to really pinpoint that because especially in the mainstream porn world, a lot of the sex according to a lot of people, it looks like the same because a lot of times with porn especially the penetration aspect you'll see the guy usually it's heteronormative unfortunately he may have his arm behind his back or his hand to his side or he may wag his hand while his hand is to his side and he made one hand while he's penetrating woman from behind and a lot of people get turned off by that because it's like but shouldn't sex be much more physically interactive, emotionally interactive, psychologically interactive, intellectually interactive, internally interactive than this? Shouldn't it be much more hands-on than this? And people are starting to talk about it more and companies are starting to reflect on how can they um, beautifully serve more viewers and consumers because there's a concern that they're starting to see that what has been done this whole time and mainstream porn tends to be bland. Some people are now saying it's boring. Um, and so those are things that have to be considered. Like, do y'all have restrictions for adults labeled? Do you have a parental advisor explicit content, sticker, of, label of any kind? So once an adult or a parent gets a hold of it, they know, keep this from the kids. Um... And when people ask uh, you know, is what are the protect, what are the protective measures when it comes to underage minors and underage children? Those are the questions I would ask. I would ask, okay, what is your refund policy? What is your, um, what are all your policies, and why? So it's okay to be a critical thinking porn star. A lot of people think porn stars don't have critical thinking. No. Critical thinking. A lot of porn stars are critical thinkers because it's also a business and in business you absolutely need critical thinking because you shouldn't you shouldn't surrender human rights to do business for anybody. And so I then had to consider um how do other types of sex workers feel about your company? Because some porn stars are also escorts and some are dominatrixes and some are, you know, call boys call girls. And some are, they do escorts, but they're non-binary. I don't, you know, they may, I may say call non-binary people. Basically I'm binary people who do call girl, call boy type of work, but I didn't want to be cis normative, so that's why I said that. And how do you know, because how do um strippers feel about what you do? Because some porn stars are actually strippers. Some make appearances at strip clubs and make extra money. And so that those are the serious questions I would ask it's so important like what what is your reputation just in general what are your reviews what are your what are all your business practices and why right and that would be very important for me to ask and once i get genuine and And human rights honoring questions, I would gladly work for those companies. Like, especially if they have, like, entrepreneurial aspirations for those under them. And working with them. And including... uh, Including people who are, um you know, the seven or eight income streams that are tribute to millionaires. Like, do y'all have any of that as a history in terms of people who have the camera sex? And those who don't have the camera sex, but they're all working for this company. That's what I would ask. And um, I just felt like mentioning those things, like, it's so important to me. And then I would ask the questions of how well are those who semi-retire or retire or are current performers or some who mostly retire, but every now and then they'll come back and, and do work. Those are the questions I would ask. How, you know, how do y'all deal with the anti-sex work movement, anti-porn movement? And as for the pro-porn movement and the pro-sex work movement, how do y'all go about those things? Um, I would also ask um, these questions, too. Because a lot of them don't think about these questions. I would ask, um... Is there a history of psychological trauma, uh, secondary trauma, trauma triggers, trigger warnings, traumatic couplings, trauma stressors, trauma stimulus, trauma reminders, uh... Hypervigilance, acute stress reactions, um, emotional dysregulation, hypervigilance, survivor guilt, thematic elements, and repressed memories. And if so, why? And then to make it more relatable to them, I would say, um, is there any sexual secondary trauma Any sexual psychological trauma, any sexual trauma triggers, sexual trauma stimuluses, sexual trauma stressors, sexual trauma reminders, sexual traumatic couplings, uh, sexual triggers, um, sexual content warnings, um, any sexual acute stress reactions, any. Sexual emotional dysregulation, sexual hypervigilance, sexual repressed memory, sexual survivor guilt, and sexual thematic elements. Those are the questions I'll ask. I'll ask, are there any flashbacks and um, panic attacks? Are there any sexual flashbacks, any sexual panic attacks? Is there post-traumatic stress disorder? Is there any sexual post-traumatic stress disorder any sexual trigger warnings any trigger warnings any sexual content warnings and content warnings uh trigger warnings sexual trigger warnings or any of those there and then um any sexual content ratings and and content ratings in general So, uh, you know, those are things that I would ask of these porn companies, you know, and um, that's what those are things I'm sensitive to. Is there any is is there a sex checklist, Uh, a no, yes, maybe list in terms of people you want to porn perform with? And is there any allergies or any sexual allergies? I would ask those questions. And then, um, you know, I would ask, okay, is there any um, economic justice, economic equality, uh, racial justice, racial equality, sexual justice, sexual equality? Uh Reproductive justice Reproductive quality Um Equal justice Equal equality Sounds redundant but I'm doing that on purpose Um Is there any human justice Human equality Cultural justice Cultural equality Social justice, social equality Is there any sexual equality Um I said that before, but it's okay. And is there any any equity of any kind? Is there sexual equity, equity in general, is there all around equality, all around justice, all around equity? Is there any inequities that need to be erased and so do you need do I need help in that? And that's the type of porn performer porn star I wanna be. want to ask these questions and figure out, and also I want to figure out, well, how can I present porn in a way that's not triggering to sexual assault survivors, sexual molestation survivors, um, sexual bullying survivors, sexual violence survivors, rape survivors, um... Sexual trauma survivors, sexual victimization survivors, um, uh, gang rape survivors, serial rape survivors, um, and to the survivors who were believed, not believed, um, sex crime survivors... Sexual intimate partner violence survivors, sexual domestic violence survivors. I would think of that because that's really important to me. And, and I would think about how to present porn in a way that's non-triggering for sexual harassment survivors, too. Those who've been sex shamed, you know, how do we present s- sex to them? In a way that's honorable, those who've been body shamed. How do we present sex in a way that's honorable to them? Then I would think about can can we? Is there a way to present porn that is um, honorable to um, people on the autism spectrum? How can we make autism friendly porn? Neurodiversity friendly porn Neurodivergence friendly porn uh, Porn that is friendly to those who are labeled blind Labeled deaf, labeled mute, labeled invalid Labeled handicapped by society Uh, Disability rights honoring porn Autism rights honoring porn How can we make these things happen? And then I would say, how can we make porn that's honorable of, how can we make honorable black porn and honorable indigenous porn, honorable people of color porn? How can we present porn in a way that's honorable to ableism survivors? And how can we make porn that's honorable to survivors of racism, survivors of colorism? As well And um, That's very Important to me How can we make uh, Sex that is truly Honorable of Just anybody That's been traumatized By life in any kind of way And how can How can we make porn that's Therapeutic and healing To people in general Especially those who've been traumatized by life in all kinds of ways. How can we make porn that helps to influence recovery from sexual hurts, recovery from sexual hangups, and recovery from? From Calamitous sexual habits well, That's stuff I consider Now, and now it actually comes When it comes to porn What words are said And not said and why How are things said And not said and why Tone of voice What in, What entails that And why um, how is tone of voice occurring and not occurring, and why? What body languages, um, bodily expressions, and gestures and facial expressions are used and not used, and why for both? I would say, is our. Th- when it comes to the co-stars is there um are they people who are are there hospitable lovers neighborly lovers generous lovers kind lovers sensitive lovers sensitive you know lovers free of desensitization Compassionate lovers, sacrificial lovers, unconditional love lovers. Are there any benevolent lovers? How do we weed out the malevolent lovers? Does your company have a history of sexual narcissism and narcissism in general? Sexual sociopathy, sociopathy in general, uh, sexual psychopathy, psychopathy in general, sexual psychopathy, and psychopathy in general. Um, is there any social stigma of obesity and fat shaming in this company? And then I would ask, um, Is there any sexual personality disorders and personality disorders in general attached to this company? And if so, why? Why not? You know, and all these questions I would ask: why or why not? The ones of Axon's episode. That's what that would that would really be in my heart, and uh, that would really be in my mind to ask these questions because I do care. Because Those are just things that people never consider Like I would really ask Um Well actually I would just ask Um Do y'all need to make a a porns v- version of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that the United Nations came up with? And does your company honor the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that the United Nations came up with? So those are questions that I would ask. And um, I now want to uh, talk about aspects of my, uh, sexual past. Um, how was I able to get free sex from sex workers as a part of my college years? Well, I, um, Because when it came to women Primarily women They weren't used to a guy Who wanted To not make sex The biggest deal With them In other words Sex was a bonus Between us But It wasn't mandatory it wasn't forced upon. It wasn't, okay, now that we're, you know, I, I'm nice to you, nice to me, so we got to sleep with each other. It wasn't that way at all. Um, It was more of, let's just see how this interaction goes, and we are going to, Go with our heart from there. That's what it was like. I remember at times... Meeting with them. It could be... Out in public, going for a walk. Even walking in the park, chilling at the park. It could be... Eating together at a restaurant or just at their homes. It could be... At the homes and events that they're, that the people in our lives are going, and these people tended to be decent people, um, and we would just have life discussions. You know, they liked the idea that I, I was doing my best to go above and beyond to properly stimulate my their minds to the best of their ability, because most of the conversation was around sex and they Didn't like it. They're like, well, I'm a person. I have other interests. And. That was. One of the reasons why they're like, well. When we take Antonio out. To, you know. the Homes of people I'm cool with. Out to eat. Or out to movie. It didn't matter. Or just anywhere, they would pay, and they're like, well, one, we know that you're in school, and plus, I don't want you to have to worry about anything financially, we got you. Um, that's what happened, and, um, even the madams, um, treated me the same way I would say I had the most sex with the madams the most free sex with the madams I had and they took me out the most to just social events people in their lives their homes, out to eat, movies, all that stuff and the madams liked that I just like the sex workers um, who are who would be called prostitutes of the archaic term. We don't, we shouldn't be saying that anymore regarding them because sex workers made it clear. Sex workers is the way to address them, and that should be honored. But, like, the sex workers under the madams, the madams liked that I did that most, you know, that our conversations didn't revolve around sex. It was talking about other interests it could be. What's your favorite color and why? What does it mean to you? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on this subject or that subject? It could be controversial. It could be pretty light. And they liked it because they treated the workers the same way. And it was... There's no word to describe what it was like to... To completely describe what it was like to... Um, Know that some of the madams quit being madams. Some of the sex workers left sex work because they just wanted to, um, they just wanted to have me as their only sex partner and um they also had other ways to make money they wanted to do business outside of sex too cuz they're like well i'm not using my other gifts and i can always have sex but I, and i can always make money but i found the man of my dreams referring to me and um They would have sex with me. Some were... Some in their minds became addicted to me. Like... They, um... Some are like... I don't ever want to go a day without sleeping with you. And some would say... I'll try my best to sleep every day you know life gets busy so some were able to sleep with me every day multiple times a day they insisted and I was so into them that I liked that and that's what happened and some would go every other day and so first some would feel bad I mean feel sad and mad if not sleep with me but other you know eventually they're like well I I have a schedule. I got other jobs, so you know they were like, "Well, I don't like the fact that I, I can't sleep multiple times a day and have sex." But I'm gonna still try to make it happen, and eventually, some would make it happen. Some would just have it every other day. Um. And I just remember um talking you know how some chose to stay in the world of prostitution in Madams because they like the money and the sex, but they their favorite sex partner was me. And the sex workers re they all brag about me to each other, anybody willing to listen. And the madams did the same thing. They would talk about... According to them, they would talk about my sexual skills and sexual prowess. And um, my size and my bodily appearance and bodily shape. And how they would openly admit and behind closed doors admit that they... They were only digmatized by me, as they said. And I remember saying to them, I'm pussyfied by y'all. Pussyfied is the equivalent of being digmatized. It's just like with women. But it was never derogatory between us. It was, you know, we loved each other's Um massive brain power. Um we loved each other's views on subjects that didn't have anything to do with sex. you know, compassionate views actually. And a lot of things in common, a lot of the same hobbies and you know, we were just and the, the um the gentleness we displayed to each other at the time I'm just telling you all of our states of mind at the time how we would have talked about those things back then. All these things, you know, back then. But that's exactly what occurred. And um, I really... also need to say that um, in their minds, in our, my mind too at the time, you know, not bad entitlement at all, but they did say um, because of how you treat us, you can have all the sex you want with us. Our bo- All of our bodies are yours. That's what happened back then, and I didn't take abusive advantage of them and at you know my state of my time was they're not taking abusive advantage of me and um, we had that same rapport with hey because how you treat me all the sex you want from me you can and my whole body yours too and that sodas like back then and the madams included had the same, arra- these arranged sex workers I had with the madams too. And pretty much every opportunity we had to be sexually involved with each other we did. Sometimes there was origins between the madams, the sex workers, and me. And I would have sex with them all individually and sometimes as a group. And I'm not encouraging law breaking. I never have, never will. I'm just talking about what it was like for me to attempt to negotiate equality, negotiate consent, negotiate respect, negotiate trust, negotiate safety. I was doing these things without further understanding what was happening, what was done, what was said, what was felt. And I could say the same for them, too. So I'm just talking about what life was like for me sexually after the rapes. And how even as a survivor that I was at the time, now I consider myself a thriver. But back then I would consider myself a survivor because of, the you know, being rape-cultured. And... Yeah, oftentimes sex is it's a unfriendly roller coaster after you've been raped and not getting all the sexual help and help you need in general. So they would all pay for me while we would go out. They would drive me and usually sex happened at their homes. Sometimes, every now and then, they wanted to get frisky, go to a hotel and motel, or at the home of their loved ones and just their friends. And their loved ones and friends knew about these things and were cool with what was happening, so they let it happen. And um, I remember going to resorts with them from time to time and room services and, you know, it could be sex in the pool or sex in the... Saunas or sex in the showers. Sometimes sex in the gym. That's vividly what I remember occurring. And sometimes we use birth control. Other times there's no birth control, and we were relieved when we found out no infections, no diseases, no un- children, no, un- no, no. Un- unwanted pregnancies, and I'm not encouraging sexual dysfunction. There's nothing wrong having sex with sex workers or, you know, it's just the way that was done was problematic, Um, but there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong having sex with sex workers. I just want to make that clear. You know, in legal decriminalized environments, it's all good, right? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, vacationing with sex workers, vacationing with people's spouses or life partners. But to clear the air, vacationing with a person's spouse or life partner without their permission is wrong. But if you do it with their permission, that's fine because in non-monogamous relationships for some people, vacationing with a person's spouse or life partner is right because everybody's cool with it, everybody's in on it. But in a monogamous relationship to vacation's body, spouse, or life partner, without their permission, you sneaking around, that's wrong. So I had to learn who to vacation, who not to vacation with, which sex workers to sleep with, and which not to have to sleep with. You know, because I believe in honoring sex and the law, Sex and uh, monogamous relationships. Sex and monogamous relationships. I learned to honor them all. Um, And I... um Also, we took every opportunity to be together non-sexually. Eating, movie watching, TV watching playing cards. It could be playing, uh... You know, playing video games. Playing card games. And, yeah, we played sex games. Every sex game you think of, we created it. And we did it. Um... And we would just sometimes work out together in gym and Walk together, stay fit, read books together, and just have intellectual banners and friendly debates and um, constructive criticism that we gave each other concerning, like, views on just lighthearted subjects and controversial subjects at times. And I remember them liking the fact that I could respectfully disagree with them Or, you know politely tell them they're wrong why they're wrong and they like the idea of a a good man setting up to them they would do those things to me and they like I like that they would quote stand up to me and that's how we interpreted life and sex life back then hopefully they've matured I know I have I have matured sexually non-sexually I hope that's one of the truths of their lives, too. And we never yelled at each other, never cussed each other out, never name-called each other mean-spiritedly. Um... We never had to apologize or make amends for big things. We never did big things to each other. But for what um, I do remember, little things. It could be accidentally bumping into each other, accidentally step on each other's foot. We would make amends and apologize. Stuff, little stuff. It was, we made it easy to apologize, but we never gave each other big stuff to apologize for. That's definitely what I I remember, and I do remember with yes, with the man sex workers we did have a do as you please with with my body attitude because my body, your body, your body, my body. We had that with each other, and we never. Um, did so abusively. That's how I felt at the time. And I had the same arrangements with... Non-sex worker women. And... I had the same arrangements with sex work men. Non-sex worker men. Married men, married women... Married non binary people, non unmarried men, unmarried women, unmarried non binary people. Um, And people, adults, or people get full clarity. That's what I mean when I say people, I say adults. And um, just never any reality TV show behavior, never any tabloid talk show behavior when it came to any of these people, even when it came to me. So, I really, um, had to correct myself sexually and non-sexually over the years. I've learned how to. To really make sure. That. each other sexually think sexually feel sexually do sexually say are all about full humaneness and not being inhuman and not being of any inhumanity, too. How do we sexually influence each other? It's a compassionate question to ask because there's also such thing called compassionate sexual questions. So I've learned to make compassionate sexual questions, compassionate sexual demands, compassionate sexual commands, compassionate sexual suggestions, compassionate sexual speech, um, compassionate sexual actions, compassionate sexual deeds, compassionate sexual behavior. Um, And I've learned to make uh, compassionate sexual inquiries, compassionate sexual concerns and Compassionate sexual boundaries, compassionate sexual limits, compassionate sexual regulations, Um. compassionate sexual limitations. Sexual boundaries regarding devices and technology. And compassionate sexual information sharing boundaries, that too. That's a big one. And I've learned the compassionate sexual golden rule, the compassionate sexual silver rule. And what I sexually wish upon others, I sexually wish upon myself. I've learned the compassionate sexual platinum rule. All of my stories about sex have been told, let's get to organized crime. Before I get to organized crime, this remembrance popped into my psyche. Porn companies have to honor the Declaration of Sexual Rights and the Declaration of Sexual Pleasure, the right to non-monogamy, and the right to monogamy. <laughs> Excuse me, that, with those things being said, now let's get to the organized crime part. I remember the bodyguards, the killers... They loved gun smoke and gunpowder. And there were some people who are trying to get me to be legally punished because organized crime has naysayers, detractors, and haters and enemies. And I... Made enemies and made detractors and made naysayers and I made haters and organized crime, not purposefully, but there were some criminals who thought, okay, Antonio's too high and mighty, Antonio too flashy, Antonio's too protected, and you know, Antonio's too cocky, even though none of those things. Were ever true about me. I was never bullying just to bully. I was never tough just to be tough. I was never pure evil. So the reason why they said that is because they were disliked by everybody. And organized crime figures, the ones in leadership and the ones. Not in leadership they they all had favorable views of me, so the killers, the bodyguards you know fifty of them were women and fifty of them were men, these killers tried to be um witnesses um so they were they ended up becoming they they're on then you know they wanted to be um The type that would testify to me in court, so they were making themselves um, upcoming witnesses. And the killers found them and killed them. I saw it, I was with them. And in the organized crime world, I've seen FBI informants get murdered, CIA informants get murdered, and and um, cop informants get get murdered. The, you know, those who are informing for the cops that got murdered. And I've seen them all get murdered usually by the bodyguards, the killers. And just killers that weren't a part of my bodyguard. Thingamajig, what have you. And the number is too high to say because I lost count in terms of murders. Regarding what all these killers are doing and um, I've seen parole officers get murdered by these killers I've seen CIA agents FBI agents um, police agents get murdered by these killers I've seen police get murdered by these killers, and I've seen informants, agents of law enforcement of the state and federal law enforcement and intelligence agency informants kill certain people lawfully and in self defense, they had to beat up certain people lawfully because it was self defense, it was again they didn't have a choice. The only way to protect themselves was striking back. And, um... I've seen... state law enforcement and federal law enforcement lock people up and arrest people, prosecute people, indict people, arraign people. Um... I saw, um... Law enforcement agents and police officers and parole officers get beat up and robbed by criminals. I saw informants get beat up and robbed and killed by criminals. And I saw law enforcement agents and law enforcement informants kill and beat up criminals who were Putting them in situations where it was either do or die, but it's lo- it was lawful when the agents and informants and the op- police officers did that. And I saw police officers get killed, beat up, and robbed by uh, criminals, and police officers killing and beating up um, criminals. Police officers killing beating up criminals, too. Again, self defense, do or die, that's the only way out. That's what I saw. I remember in that type of world. Anybody that used disability slurs, women slurs, black people of color, slurs like in racist ways, um, and just slurs in dehumanization the ways, they will get bloody pulp beatdowns from you on the spot. If you use elderly slurs or um, slurs against children and slurs against the poor and the homeless, again, you would get beat up by me to the point of bloody pulps on the spot and if use slurs against um, the mentally ill bloody puppy that was me on the spot safe for the third and last time in this episode so that's what occurred and um, I just I've seen you know I've seen police officers Parole officers, law enforcement agents, and law enforcement officials and intelligence agency agents um, have sex with criminals and commit crimes with criminals and cover up crimes with criminals. I've seen um, law enforcement officials, law enforcement agents, intelligence agency, intelligent agency agents, police officers, parole officers have romantic relationships with criminals, having children with the criminals, being married to the criminals, having unmarried life partnerships with criminals, shacking up with criminals, living together in a committed marital relationship with criminals and having monogamous relationships with criminals, having non-monogamous relationships with criminals. Um, raising a family, owning a pet and doing and making and doing money-making with criminals. I've seen that. Um, and because of that, that's how criminals are either would get mysteriously released from prison or not serve any time in prison. Um, they were physically protected and no legal punishments happened to them. Then, you know, there were cro- crooked prosecutors, crooked juries, uh, crooked judges, uh, crooked. ...prison system leaders... ...uh... ...crooked defense teams... ...and... ...you know... ...jurors being bribed... ...um... ...I would see... ...the entire... ...you know... ...I would see like courtrooms being bribed... ...you know... ...judges... Prosecutors, defense teams, and members of the courtroom audience, everybody getting bribed. That's how criminals would evade punishment. And you will have law some people in law enforcement with the criminals working together to um To do as well as cover up sex crimes, violent crimes, murderous crimes, and theft crimes. And financial crimes. Even corporate crimes too. And then. Law enforcement and the criminals were both brought down. Because they ended up. Serving time in jail. Some were killed. Some were robbed. Some were beaten. Some were sent to psychiatric institutions. Some were in solitary confinement. Some killed themselves. All these things I witnessed. Because. um, I saw the separation of families. And all these things happened because of. Greed, gluttony, and envy, and jealousy. I also saw law enforcement officials, law enforcement agents, and you know, I actually would. Have the criminals face all kinds of legal punishments, even to the point of life without the possibility of parole and solitary confinement? Um, I remember... One of the reasons why I stopped carrying a gun after a while is because the bodyguards told me that, bodyguard killers told me, hey, we got enough weapons. You you don't need to be carrying that. So that was one of the reasons why I stopped carrying a gun. In my first book, my Amazon book, I told y'all about the fact that one of the women saw me with a gun and was uncomfortable with me carrying one so it was her being the primary reason why I stopped carrying a gun because she was like I just don't like a gentleman armed it just it's too stressful for my heart and then um, that same day I told the criminals about I told the killers bodyguards about them, and they said well you know we have enough... Weaponry on us. You're good to go. You can walk around without... Being strapped and you fine. We got you. So that was another reason why I eventually stopped caring. Again. Some of these stories may seem to be contradictory... And non-sequential and not making sense. But... With trauma flashbacks are never alphabetical flashbacks don't have a numeral system flashbacks are not numeric flashbacks are not abc's one two three when you remember something and in the flashback is what you remember because it doesn't really happen you just state it nothing about trauma makes sense so there's no orderliness to trauma there is disorderliness and disorder to trauma because trauma is out of order. Trauma's no order. So when people say this don't add up, nothing about pure evil adds up. Nothing about pure evil is logical. Nothing about pure evil is smooth nor soothing. There's no smoothness to pure evil. So what I'm doing is I'm just telling you what I remember It may come all fuzzy at some points, but that's how it is with trauma and trauma recollection. I'm not reliving the trauma. I'm recanting the trauma. There's a distinction. And telling these stories are not easy for me to do. But my goal is to get all the stories out so people can understand that there are solutions to every organized crime story I've ever told y'all. In my book and on the podcast, I didn't feel like Writing about it again in another book, so I said, "Let me podcast all of this organized crime trauma out, so you can hear it for yourself." And so, when you read my other books, and I may not talk about it, well, I've said everything I need to say about it. I've said everything I want to say about it too. Um. So every episode, you will hear solutions to even stories that I talk about, you will think of, like, wow, I just learned how to protect my kids, protect other people's kids, protect myself well, protect everybody else well, right? So that organized crime world, like I said, that world... Has obliterated families, obliterated communities, obliterated thriving economies legally in black and brown communities. And you got a lot of pick, you got a panhandlers, pickpocketers, those who are treated as charity cases, those with chump change, as it's called, those with, um, ten cups begging for money. And some homeless people spend money on drugs and sex and alcohol. That does happen. Some homeless people know to rob people because of their dire situation psychologically and financially and physically. And, um... In that world, you have teen, you have child killers, child robbers, child beaters, child sexual assaulters, just like you got adult beaters, adult killers, adult robbers, um, adult sexual assaulters too. I remember. Um, Being in that type of world where it consisted of extraordinary compound traumas of all kinds. extraordinary overlapping traumas of all kinds too. i say this last memory. The killers robbed, beat up, kill people, and stuck up people, you know, st- stick up kids. Anybody that looked at me wrong, um, rude facial expressions, rude words, rude tone of voice, rude word choices. Rude gestures, rude body language, rude bodily expressions. And they all did these things in front of me. Everything about my life of organized crime has been officially told. So there's nothing for me to say. Because everything about my life in organized crime and all my organized crime experiences have all been officially fully reported. Now let's get to... Religion. Action. In all actuality, it's my memories. I just remembered. So I remember wearing bulletproof clothing, bulletproof vests, driving around in bulletproof vehicles and uh, bodyguard killers themselves. They were driving bulletproof vehicles, wearing bulletproof vests, and wearing bulletproof clothing. And I remember there were brave witnesses who testified against criminals I saw. Some lived. Um, Some survived being shot and robbed. Other people, other witnesses were killed, beaten, and robbed. Um... And they would testify through anonymous reports. They would testify in court. They would testify in trials and court cases, civil cases and criminal cases. Uh, any other memories I got of that world? I knew witnesses doing federal witness protection programs um, and just state witness protection programs because of the death threats and murder threats and violent threats. And theft threats and financial threats that were attributed to um, the witnesses from the criminals against the witnesses. So, that is exactly what occurred. Now I'm done ta- talking about the organized crime stuff. Now. I'm gonna finish with religion I noticed that um, when it came comes to um, what I've read in the Bible it has me thinking that when they talk about original sin, they're basically saying that people are born stupid, born crazy, born lazy, um, evil born born discriminators born bigots and that corruption is natural integrity is unnatural prejudice is natural compassion is unnatural that's how they describe us as fully human beings, Um, somehow wisdom and work ethic and sanity are all unnatural to us. Somehow um, neighborliness and um, respectfulness are unnatural to us and they think all these things are because of how we were born, how we were conceived and formed in the womb. Basically, we're born and conceived and formed in the womb as dictators, not as servant leaders. Because somehow servant leadership is unnatural to us, but being a dictator is natural to us. So that's why I have problems with the original sin doctrine. And then um, I've learned that the... I learned that the Bible writers presented a God of worry, suffering, chronic stress, psychological stress, spite or spitefulness, sorrow, shame, same shut, S E H N S E C H T. Shot and frude S C H A D E N F R E U D E. Saudade, S A U D A D E. Melancholy or melancholy. Sadness, resentment, remorse, rejection, regret rage, vanity, insults, hubris, hybris, grandiosity, pride, self-pity, pity, panic, outrage, neglect, loneliness, jealousy, isolation, irritation, insecurity, hysteria, Humiliation, hostility, horror, homesickness, hurrayeth, h r h i r a e t h, hatred, guilt, grief, greed, instant gratification, frustration, fear, Envy, emptiness, vicarious embarrassment, embarrassment or awkwardness, doubt, distrust, mistrust, disgust, disappointment, depression, defeat, uh, curate um, cruelty, um, contempt, confusion, boredom, apathy, anxiety, annoyance, anguish, angst, anger, agony, agitation, And insecurity. Those are the Bible writers' depictions of God, and that's why a lot of, and that's why the church lives lives of hate, cruelty, a virus, avarice, greed, miseries, envy, jealousy, pride, arrogance, discontentment, disappointment, frustration, restlessness, sorrow, grief, anger, rage, fear, anxiety, dread, alarm, panic, aversion, disgust, revulsion, um, indifference, habituation, um, boredom, Uh, revulsion, contempt, loathing, resentment, dislike, vengefulness, spite, scorn, hatred, bitterness, ferocity, hostility, wrath, fury, outrage, anger, frustration, exasperation, rage, disgust, irritability, aggravation, agitation, annoyance, grouchy, grumpy, cross patch, uh, I said jealousy, envy, torment, torture, suffering, agony, anguish, hurt, Sadness, depression, despair, gloom, glumness, unhappiness, grief, sorrow, woe, misery, melancholy, disappointment, dismay, displeasure, shame, guilt, regret, remorse, neglect, alienation, defeatism, dejection, embarrassment, homesickness, humiliation, security, insult, isolation, loneliness, rejection, horror, alarm, shock, fear, fright, horror, terror, panic, hysteria, mortification, nervousness, anxiety, suspense, uneasiness, apprehension, fear, worry, Distress, dread, aggressiveness, morbidness, cynicism, defeatism, nihilism, pessimism, reclusion. weltschmerz w e l t s c h m e r z and fatalism those are um I've seen in church I've also seen the Bible writers depict God as um, as someone who is There's has a lack of concern about people? Unconcern about people? Apathy about/slash toward people? nonchalance about people? Lack like of interest in people? Disregard for people? And that's why I see it. You know, the church is living lives of anxiety, embarrassment, fear, helplessness, powerlessness. And I see a lot of church people living, and I see the church living lives of stress, shock, and tension. Um, I noticed that the church's beliefs are pride-centered, greed-centered, rat centered envy-centered, lust-centered, gluttony-centered, sloth-centered glory centered and vanity-centered. And I see church people living lives of passive acceptance, resignation, um, unhealthy acceptance of the inevitable, uh, stoicism, Negative thinking, gloominess, doom and gloom, gloom, predeterminism, predestinarianism, necessitarianism, um, fate and fatedness, um... And negativism, too. That's what I've seen in the world of religion. Um, And that's why I see a lot of church, I see the church has obliviousness to people, an involvement in slash with people, heatlessness of people, mindlessness of people, carelessness of people, dismissiveness of people, boredom with people, weariness of people, Unresponsiveness to people, lack of enthusiasm about people, impassiveness about people, impassivity about people, dispassionateness about people, aloofness regarding people, insouciance about people, detachment from people, distance from people, coldness to people, coolness toward people, unresponsiveness... When it comes to people, passionlessness about people, emotionlessness about people, lack of feeling towards people, lack of sympathy towards people, callousness toward people, poco currentism about people, lack of interest, concern, or sympathy regarding people, no heat when it comes to people, no care when it comes to people. Um And again, the church lives life of necessitarianism also because um, the church encourages self-loathing and being your own negative inner critics. And the church does teach uh, self-hatred, teaches low self-esteem, the church teaches internalized oppression, um, learned helplessness. The ter- church teaches what is called a matormativity, which is a set of societal assumptions that everyone prosper- prospers with an exclusive romantic relationship. Church teaches snobbery, oppression, social exclusion, transgenerational trauma, Cultural imperialism, cultural colon, colonialism. exaggerated, excessive conformity. Cultural assimilation and traumatic acculturation. Internalized sexism, internalized racism, skin whitening, internalized heterosexism, internalized cisnormativity, internalized heteronormativity, um, internalized ableism, systematic oppression, systemic injustices, Religious intolerance, secular intolerance. And the church rejects allophilia, which is having a positive attitude towards out-group members because the church loves in-group members. And the church is about social privilege for people like themselves and not for people like themselves. Um, that's what I've noticed, and those are other reasons why I left religion, church and Christianity. Warped pleasure is what I see from the God of the Bible, according to vibe writers. And warped pleasure is what I see in the church even today. that the church rejects prudence, justice, fortitude, hope, charity, faith, and temperance. The church rejects the seven heavenly virtues they claim to have, but they don't have any of those virtues. They don't have the four cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude as they claim to have. And they don't have the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity that they claim to have. And um, The seven heavenly virtues are, um, contrasts to what is called the seven deadly sins. And... To be... The church lacks the fruits of the Spirit, so in the church, there's no love, no joy, no peace, no patience, no kindness, no goodness, no faithfulness, no gentleness, no self-control. Um... No modesty, no continuancy, no mildness, no benignity, no longanimity, no chastity, no charity. self-control the church claims to have those all these things but they don't have any of these things and um, in the church there's sexual immorality there's impurity, there's sensuality there's idolatry, there's sorcery there's enmity, there's strife, there's jealousy there's fits of anger, there's rivalries there's dissensions, there's divisions there's envy there's drunkenness, there's orgies There's substance use disorder. Um, There's tobacco, smoking, nicotine, addictions. There's getting high off marijuana. And there's out of wedlock children. And, um, I will also say that, um, The Bible Belt is also known as Gay Porn Belt Divorce Belt Teen Pregnancy Belt Meth Belt Food Stamp Belt Welfare Belt Poverty Belt Low Wage Belt HIV Belt Incest Belt And the STD Belt And remember, the Bible Belt is also known as Trump And a Bible Belt has high rates of single parenting in the form of single motherhood. And so what I taught myself that religion didn't teach me, I taught me was to be one with my flesh is to be one with other people's fleshes. To be one with my inner life is to be one with other people's inner lives. And all this applies to sex and sexuality and sexual intercourse as well. Um... I respect my flesh. I respect other people's fleshes. And other people respect my flesh. Um, I'm one with other people's inner lives. And they're one with my inner lives. Um, They're one with my flesh. And they're one with my inner life, too. And... I don't try to fight my human nature what I do is well manage my human nature. You can't defeat your human nature, try to combat human nature, because human nature is going to conquer you each and every time. So your flesh is not trifling, your flesh is not appalling. Your flesh is gorgeous and outstanding. And I feel the same ways about my own flesh. And I want you to feel that way about my flesh too. So. Ever since... Ever since I um left religion, I no longer live a life of, of being uncomfortable with uncertainty. I enjoy the expectancy of uncertainty now. And um I no longer engage in pensiveness. Um I no longer engage in aversion or fright. Unbelief doesn't startle me anymore. Because religion has been a distraction for me. It has been terror and horror for me. Because it was all about who's eternally rewarded and who's eternally punished. I no longer feel dejection now that I'm done with religion. I don't have the... Submission complex like I used to. I no longer have this... This dominance theology like I was taught. The sullenness is gone. And I'm not... um, Exposed to false prudishness in church, like I saw. I'm no longer feeling surrounded by confusion, frozenness, um, ambivalence, and bitter sweetness, which is taught in religion. And to be honest, Leaving religion meant leaving bafflement, befuddlement, bewilderment behind. Leaving religion meant leaving paranoia and perversity behind. Leaving religion meant leaving impatience and habitiveness. And constant indignation behind. Leave a religion. Leaving disgruntlement. And. Control freaking behind. Leaving religion. Leaving depazement behind leaving religion leaving suspicion (sighs) anxiety reluctance big curiosity behind leaving religion meant leaving ruin and lust rivalry and smugness behind Leaving regiment, leaving Assedia behind. Means that I am no longer fearfully surprised, angrily surprised, sadly disgusted, fearfully disgusted, angrily disgusted, disgustingly surprised, sadly angry, fearfully angry, sadly fearful, appalled, awed, and hatred. I left it all behind. I'm no longer, you know, badly disgusted or badly surprised or even just fearful and sad like I used to don't get me wrong I feel each and all heavy I feel each and all human emotions it's just that those constant feelings are gone because I ditched that world even though it ditched me first mm. In conclusion, apparently God and Satan are partners, which causes me to feel massive amounts of aggravation. Christians have been led to believe that Satan, also known as Lucifer, is God's mortal enemy, who is a wicked individual who will wind up being punished in hell for eternity once Jesus returns. But of course, this makes no sense as an all-powerful God could simply vanquish his enemy with a wave of his hand. Here's my thought on that. Why create your arch nemesis who conquers the humans and non-humans that you've also created 24 hours a day and 7 days a week? And he's been apparent allegedly successful in conquering the humans and non-humans that God, is, God has supposedly made for centuries, even more than a millennium. Creating your enemy means that... The supreme being created injustice, evil, abuse, victimization, and trauma by simply forming Satan who is said to be the archetype of those things. But without creating Satan... None of those other things would be of existence. And it says, no, Satan is a necessary element of God's plan. Why have codependency on vileness? Mm. He is needed to tempt people so they can be tested for their suitability as future residents of heaven. So you can't. Already know who's suitable or unsuitable, and why create people unsuitable in the first place? <sighs> His demons are needed to further this cause, so the biblical God conflates nonsense with sense. Mm. Finally, Lucifer is needed to oversee and minister the eternal torture that awaits all non believers. So I'm enabling and coddling the very enemy that I invented? Whew! After all, if God did the torturing, it would ruin his image. So Satan is really not a bad spirit. He is simply doing his job as God's indispensable partner in crime. So, so God and Satan join forces in intellectual intellectual lack of true comprehension and They're both morally despicable. They're both morally depraved, ignoble, or wicked, disgusting, repulsive, vile traitors who give each other vile accusations, vile degradations of each other, and they're both of Intellectual dishonesty, emotional dishonesty, spiritual dishonesty, physical dishonesty, romantic dishonesty, sexual dishonesty. That's what the Bible is telling us that they are. So God and Satan, according to the Bible... Network with each other to conduct the businesses of badness, atrocities, hideousness, atrociousness, fiendishness, immorality, monstrosities, decadence, cursedness, heinousness, depravity, baseness, depravedness, degeneracy, infamy, execrableness, pervertedness, accursedness, diabolicalness, notoriety, enormity, and evilness and corruption. And the Bible writers glorify hellishness, devilishness, sinfulness. Even though they say, no, 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 no. We oppose all those things. But the writings say otherwise. Now I understand more of the reasons why I am of irreligion or non-religion. When you say that you believe, you're, you're admitting that you don't know. And when you say that you know, you're also admitting that you don't believe. So believing means insecurity, and knowledge means security. I don't have to hope in facts. Because I'm aware of facts. I don't have to faith evidence because I'm certain about the evidence. As a knower, I have facts, reality, actuality, certainty, factuality, certitude, truth, naked truths, and verity. Um, and when you are calling yourself a believer because of the intimate knowledge you don't have, you're more susceptible to lies and fiction. When you're a believer, you tend to play the guessing game. When you're a knower, you have irrefutable and indisputable evidence of universal. Acceptance.